Hello and welcome to episode number 15 of the Witchology podcast. I know I say this every week, but I'm genuinely happy to be here with you again for us to spend this, you know, a little bit of time together talking about all things witchy. So I'm shaking it up a little bit this week and I'm actually not bringing you a book review. Instead, uh, I wanted to give you some other ideas on how to use your body in your witchcraft practice to, you know, like complement the interview that I have for you today. So this week's interview is with the brilliant Aishamira Yashin and we have a good old chat about how to use your body in your craft. But, you know, being art witches, (laughs) we, we took the angle of how to use your body in your art magic, you know, mostly. So I wanted to talk a little bit first about other ways that you might put your body at the centre of your practice. Aishamira and I talk about uh, like bodily fluids and things like that in the interview and you know don't panic when you hear that. <laughs> we also talk about herbal alternatives um, within the practice you know if you are not vibing with the fluids so you know don't panic. But in what other ways can we use our bodies as a tool? I won't go into too much detail about each thing, but instead just kind of like toot some ideas at you um, in hopes that it might sort of fire up some inspiration. So the first, uh, I think the first one I would say is a big one and that would be movement. And this can be as big or as small as your body will allow, you know. Obviously not all of us um, are privileged with lots of movement in our bodies. Um, So I think what I mean by this is just something like small ways that you can kind of engage with your body through movement so it could be a full NSYNC style dance routine you know as an offering like within a spell it could be some sort of I don't know like slow and careful bends and stretches to open a ritual or it could be something really small like um, lifting your chin as you inhale and then kind of bringing it down and tucking it under as you exhale you know just as a silent you can kind of use that as a silent incantation like during a spell you know Um, I'm waving my hand a lot as I'm talking about this that you can't see but (laughs) um but my point is that you can it could be really small movements it could be really big movements it's just something that you feel as you and again I'm like wiggling my shoulders even as I'm talking about it (laughs) um but yeah something something to think about as we know uh moving on as we know witches have always um, commonly or quite commonly used their hair in spells and rituals um, but one thing that you can do for yourself uh, that doesn't involve cutting it off um, is tying a, a small braid like in a hidden place um, within your hair and you can use that as a way of you know protecting yourself during spell work or particularly divination or just in your, you know, in the mundane as well, in your everyday life, like having that little bit of protection. If your hair's not long enough to braid, um, you can kind of, you know, do do anything. It might be um, something, you might tie something into it if it's kind of got mid-length hair. If you kind of got sort of quite shaved hair, then um, you could do something like, I know it sounds a little bit weird, but <laughs> you could, you might draw like a, a sigil in uh you know on your scalp in that same sort of place so it's sort of there with your hair um even if you have no hair at all you know you could do something like that um sort of maybe hidden behind your ear for example um lots of different ways that you can kind of get that aspect of protection uh on your body uh fine the last one i'll mention 
this week is so much like movement you can also use uh you know masturbation as a way of transforming and transferring energy you know kind of getting it moving in a certain way and um driving it for a certain purpose you know and that's that's one that we um talked about in episode number oh gosh i can't remember even remember what episode it was episode number seven um when i spoke with gabby herstick um we talked a little bit about channeling that kind of energy and using um masturbation and sex magic in in that way so it's another really great way of getting your body or using your using your body as a tool um in your practice so the point of all of this is that we we've kind of all fallen or at some point fallen victim to thinking that we need to create really elaborate spells and rituals and collect loads of beautiful tools in order to practice and you know and do so properly so we can you know really feel like I'm a real witch or I'm a real practitioner or however you like to identify you know um but we all know really that all we need is ourselves you know our bodies and our minds and the environment around us so after listening to this podcast uh, and our, my lovely interview in a bit I invite you to ask yourself whether you have really been in touch with your body lately and what you might like to do to harness its power My guest this week is Aisha Mira. Aisha Mira is an illustrator from Istanbul, Turkey and Nicosia, Cyprus, currently living in London. Exploring queer love, witchcraft and eco-feminism, Aisha Mira's aim as an artist is to create raw feminine power through an empowering representation of women's bodies and to imagine possibilities of what queer love and intimacy could look like in a peaceful world free of capitalism and of the patriarchy. So welcome Aisha Mira, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Me too. Me too. I've been a big fan of your illustrations for a long time. So I'm very excited to pick your brains about all of these things. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. It's such an honor to be here. Let's get into it. So Aishamira is here to talk uh, with us this week about um, infusing your art practice with your magical practice and how they can essentially be one in the same thing, can't they? Um, for sure. So- yeah how do you how do you tend to because we all do this in slightly different ways like I know quite a lot of I mean you know being an artist myself we all we all kind of gravitate towards each other don't we as art witches so (laughs) yeah I'm really interested to learn more about how you infuse your magical practice into into your artwork I feel like for me it's very intertwined like I do I do have like a complete witchcraft practice which includes tarot and like making spells doing rituals but I think art is probably my main spiritual practice and I feel like all the art I make is somehow tied to themes of witchcraft but also is spiritual in and of itself um and yeah also obviously I've been at art school for the past two years I was doing an art foundation last year and I started my BA in September and with that a big risk that I was worried about that a lot of artists go through is that when you study art um, study to become a professional artist your art can become like monetized and it can become like very linked to the material world like um, it's all about like time and building a career and making money and with that it can lose the true like essence I guess um, and for me um, having a private practice of art which is spiritual aside from I guess the art that i that is like part of my small business is also spiritual but things like painting with my period blood and like making art during like the full moon and stuff like that is like a way of making sure that I have a very 
deeply personal practice. Mm, you're absolutely right. And like finding those ways that we can uh, connect in a different way to what we're creating as well. And kind of like, um, yeah, that's really interesting. So let's talk a bit more about um, about media uh, and the mediums that you use. Yeah, media that you use. <laughs> I always get the plural of that word mixed up. So yeah, talking a bit more about like uh, using your menstrual blood in your art and, and things like that. So how, yeah, what made you first kind of explore those things? And uh, what kind of message do you feel like specifically kind of comes out when when you do that? I just think that in society overall, and going into this topic, I realized that not everyone who menstruates is a woman and some women don't menstruate. But um, at the same time, a lot of women do menstruate and there's a lot of taboo around it. So I feel like it's still something that needs to be discussed and kind of destigmatized. But I don't want to exclude trans women from the discussion about feminism. So I'll just preface this by saying that I completely recognize that like this is something that's like my experience as a cis woman, but I don't want to exclude anyone from the discussion. But um, I I feel like the whole, like a lot of women feel like deep shame around like menstruation. And that is really just patriarchy's way of making us feel ashamed of our bodies. And the whole world is like centered around like the, the quote unquote male body, which is like non-cyclic. And actually um, through like reading a lot about like ancient, mother earth based spiritualities i learned that in the past a lot of people used to, like women used to live their lives kind of around their the cycles in their bodies for example taking their periods as like either as a time to rest or like as a time to explore their sexuality or as a time to like gather collectively as groups of women and all of that was kind of erased and like anything that's to do with quote unquote female cycles is um, we're encouraged to hide that and live that in secret. Like it's incredibly taboo to even talk about menstruation or breastfeeding or um, just like maternal duties or menopausal symptoms. Like all of that is very taboo to talk about. And I feel like painting with my period blood and also even with some of those paintings, they've been exhibited or they've been posted on public platforms like Instagram and TikTok. I think that's so important because it's just destigmatizing it and um like this is like a cycle that my body goes through and it's kind of a ritual I've formed myself that every month I will do like at least one painting using my period blood and it's not something that I always share but sometimes I do share it there there isn't like a rule about it like it always has to be private or I always have to share share it online but yeah 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 and I guess having this conversation as well is is another way because I kind of had a, we touched on a similar topic in episode um oh gosh I can't remember what episode it number it was now when um, I spoke with Gabby Hurstick about um about sex magic and we were talking about the kind of stigma and taboo around discussing sex and it's the same thing there we were kind of mindful that um our listeners would be kind of listening to this and thinking oh or like feeling embarrassed and like <laughs> as you're listening to it so um if that's the case you know um no matter what gender you are Mm. um if you're listening to this and you're kind of thinking and we're talking about menstrual blood and you're kind of thinking oh oh I feel embarrassed I feel a bit weird or like a bit icky like listening to this I would invite you as I always do to journal about why it's making you feel uncomfortable definitely and, definitely yeah. mm. um I think also um the time I started painting with my period blood was um around last year when I started going to art school 
and um I remember like I posted a video of myself painting with my period blood on TikTok and the types of comments I got it was the most I'd never experienced like online like actual receiving hateful messages until then um like there were comments that were like feminism has gone too far um and like stop painting and get back in the kitchen things like that <gasps> and there were there was also a lot of comments like multiple that just said the word feral which honestly at first I was like that's so rude but then I thought about it and I kind of am feral like <laughs> I don't think that's a bad thing like the actual definition of the word feral is wild like not in captivity so it can just mean like not in the captivity of patriarchy, I guess. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, you're damn right on Feral, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it just, again, like, echoes that. It's like, yeah, all that tells me, mate, is that you're afraid. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? Definitely. Um, yeah. Also, well. like, issues around menstruation, like, doesn't only affect women, like, it also affects trans guys and, like, certain non-binary people, and I feel like they should also be included in the discussion absolutely and even if that experience is different from my experience as a woman yeah yeah um and not feeling ashamed and there's there are things that um you know if you don't if you're not a person who menstruates um then there are other ways that you can infuse your body into your art in the same way to kind of have that same spiritual and like body connection definitely uh, definitely like even if like as a cis woman who menstruates like for me painting on my period is like a way to connect to divine femininity and just like feminine energy in general like for women who don't menstruate or like trans femmes etc like there there are so many different ways to connect to that to connect to feminine energy like this is just one example definitely yeah yeah definitely and I think um I don't know if you approach it in this way but there's a lot to or a lot of parallels um I can kind of see between that and making an offering like I know that um I've kind of spoken um a lot before about art as offerings and kind of you know creating something and you're creating it for you know whoever that might be or whether it's a deity whether it's for yourself as an offering to you know your higher self or whatever um I find that do you find that this is another way of doing that kind of making an offering and if you do who's the you know who's the offering to you don't have to share obviously definitely no that that really makes sense to me like I feel like most people, including people who menstruate due to the way we've been socialized, like we see period blood as like disposable. I mean, it's not like the easiest thing to, it actually, it's not that hard to collect. Like I just collect it using my menstrual cup when I paint with it, but most people just dispose of it. Um, and like reconceptualizing it as something that's like you want to keep and use for something, it um, kind of honors it in a way. And you can see it as like, I guess you could see it as like something that's been given to you. And by painting with it, you're making an offering to your chosen Mm. deity or goddess or whatever. Yeah. I would say if I do make art as an offering, it's just general, like, like Mother Earth. I mean, my practice isn't very focused on specific goddesses, which isn't because I don't believe in it. It's just because it's not. I mean, there are many, many, I'm sure like a lot of people who practice witchcraft relate to this, but there are many things that I would like to incorporate into my practice that I just haven't yet had the time to do enough research to start um, doing it. Yeah, definitely. And you hit on a really good point in that, um, 
yeah you've got to take that journey in your own time and and, mm. it, and it evolves like with everything else like with yourself so um definitely. yeah and definitely not forcing yourself into doing something because you think it sounds like something you should be doing yeah for <laughs> and, sure yeah and remembering that it can be um if it's an offering it can be an offering to yourself as well you know you're thinking about I'm I'm doing this because it gives me you know something whatever that might be definitely and it's also a really cool way to like connect one's art practice to one's body I guess um and yeah like it's a good way to just to feel like part of you is in your art I guess yeah definitely do you know what my favorite kind of symbolism about using menstrual blood in art is the because you can use it for compost you can use it for fertilizing um you know when you're planting you can use it in the garden and that kind of imagery of putting that into the earth and something becomes of it <laughs> I find that's that, that's my favorite thing about like okay well um, I can put that then into a painting I can put that into something I'm creating on paper as well or canvas as well as um something I'm creating or cultivating in the ground definitely yeah, yeah, I really I really like that. I haven't tried using it to make compost yet, but I've I've heard about that. Mm, apparently it's very effective. I've not actually tried. Um it's uh yeah, my body doesn't let me. <laughs> yeah. I mean I th I think it's been it's been used for for various things like rituals, but also just like medicinal purposes for a very mm. long time. Yeah, but I think there's a lot to be said in that, isn't there? Sort of like, well, you know, there's a reason why it works so well in that way and you know that's a, a reason why you would then use it in other ways as well I guess <laughs> yeah definitely yeah so what about uh what else is you know when whenever you're kind of thinking about your art practice and your spiritual spiritual practices um yeah what other kind of things kind of that would you want to share with our listeners now kind of thinking well if you if you do want to kind of start exploring this then this is what I would recommend or you know um Firstly, I will say I feel like I'm very honored that you feel that I'm someone who could like give advice about that. But also I feel like I'm I am I will say I am only 19 and I've been I've been practicing witchcraft since I was 16. Um and I feel like there must be so many more like wise older women who don't have a have a social media presence who've been doing this for decades. So I feel like um I, I don't know if like I can give that advice for everyone, but um I don't I don't know how to phrase <laughs> it in a way that's not just like follow your intuition and see what comes to you. Just I don't know. But mm. I guess just <laughs> it's a tricky one, isn't it? And I don't think you need to caveat it with your, you know, because you're you you started somewhere, you're having an experience, and you know, it's only through sharing those experiences between each ourselves that we that Very we learn true. doesn't matter how doesn't matter how old you are <laughs> or yeah. you know how long how long in the tooth you might be <laughs> yeah um, so yeah I like... guess with with painting with period blood specifically like I think for me that is the most um intuitive type of art I do because um a very large part of my art practice is like um very very detailed um and like somewhat realistic illustrations um which because I I don't do anything digital, which isn't like a flex. I'm not saying like, oh, I, I'm above that. I only do analog artwork, but I just don't know how to. I, I have absolutely no InDesign, Photoshop, Procreate, anything. I have no skills. So, so like, I can't really 
make mistakes when I'm drawing with pen because I don't know how to fix them um, digitally. So um, it's it feels sometimes very perfectionistic and very regimented. And with period build painting, it's a lot more intuitive. And also because um, there isn't, like with a lot of my art, the end goal is like submitting it for a uni assignment or a commission or something that will eventually become like a project that I release into the world, like my tower deck. Whereas with this, it's like, I'm just doing it for me. And if I'm happy with the outcome and if it's something I want to share, I can, but it's a lot less pressure and it's very intuitive. Okay. Uh, so definitely going to pick your brain a bit more about your tarot deck in a minute. Um, but I wondered whether we could just talk a little bit about um, if any of our listeners are thinking, oh, um, I think maybe using my bodily fluid in my art is a little bit much for me right now, <laughs> but um, that I might want to kind of find a gateway into into that. And like, so maybe one of those things could be using herbs. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've I've done a lot of collages using plants and herbs. Um, I feel I think that I definitely started doing that before I started painting with my period blood because um, as I was discovering like herbal witchcraft or just green magic or whatever you call it, um, I guess I I kind of discovered that you can create the same kind of spells that you like if you were to use the herbs that you wanted to put in a spell jar or a sachet or to burn as incense or anything if you were to make like a collage or some kind of an art piece I mean collage is kind of the first thing that comes to mind but there's so much more you can do um that I feel like that's a way to kind of um tap into the energies of the herbs in the same way that you would do with a spell yeah definitely and I think um also making sort of infusions as well mm -hmm. into um even if it's I'm sorry if you can hear that noise by the way it's been <laughs> no worries <laughs> Um, but you can use any sort of herbs to make those in infusions or like kind of think about it like tea but then when you're dipping your paintbrush in uh, to clean it you know that's so true that's yeah. such a good idea how have I never thought of that <laughs> <laughs> so those sorts of things and using moon water as well um, yeah. can be a nice way to infuse uh, different bits Definitely of the Definitely painting with moon water yeah. and also like um, I haven't done this before but I saw someone it was probably on TikTok, which isn't like you wouldn't think of it as like a good source, but there are there are some good things on there. <laughs> but there was someone who made like natural pigments using different like flowers and obviously different types of flowers like, I don't know, like lavender, for example, they have like certain um, correspondences in magic. And if you use that pigment, you can think of it as like tapping into that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You can make um, you can get quite a lot of um what's the word I'm looking for I don't know you can make quite a lot of things out of like dry flowers like that and different mm. uh, pigments and dyes um to Definitely. use um for a lot of things and actually um, yeah. just like by looking into very like ancient kind of art practices that um not as many people do anymore like in the distant past like people didn't have like acrylic paint and stuff so that's kind of like what all paint was like made of natural pigments yeah yeah exactly um so yeah I think there's lots of different ways you can harness the power of the earth yeah. <laughs> um and the power of yourself like into into infuse it into your art as well yeah also something I did recently was um one of my friends from art school introduced me to um 
this type of fabric called interfacing fabric, which is basically these sheets of fabric that you can iron together and they almost become glued together. And with those, I I pressed leaves and made sure they were like really pressed, like leaves that I collected by the river and like kind of made a collage. And I actually made like a woman's body using this fabric. So that that was kind of, I guess, like my practice of making art using herbs and plants. It started with just like putting some glue on paper and then shoving like dried rosemary onto it. And then it kind of evolved into something a bit more refined. Yeah. Yeah. I, I made like though. a shadow puppet using that fabric, which was yeah. fun. Oh, amazing. Yeah. That sounds really good. Um, so do you kind of, do you observe any kind of specific ritual while, while you do it? Is it like, um, do you kind of follow a pattern of like cleansing the space and, um, or anything like that? Any like little things that you observe while you do it? Honestly, unfortunately not. And I tie that down to the fact that a lot of my art practice has been kind of corrupted by trying to tie projects I genuinely want to do that are very spiritual me to me with also being something that I can use for like a uni outcome. Just because um, as a full-time student and I also do like a lot of freelance work outside of uni, like a lot of the time I just I have to kind of grind in a very yeah. fortunate <laughs> capitalism -y way so like a lot of the time I do just like um I mean it's it's not like entirely like as much of a ritual or as spiritual as I would like it to be but I feel like I make a lot of art with my friends because the kind of art school culture is like sitting at a table around artists and talking whilst we all create things. And I also, I live with, most of my housemates are also art students or if they're not, they make art. So we kind of just all sit together and make art together. And I feel like that is kind of a way of, also all of my friends are queer and being around other queer people is, whilst I make art, I think, is the energy of that definitely goes into my work. So I guess yeah. that is spiritual to me, like just having like a queer community of artists. I think that yeah I think that's totally valid and it, it counts as the same you know sort of sort of thing on, on those like lines of having um yeah like cultivating a certain energy or harnessing a certain energy while you're while you're creating and that kind of thing and that that's um that's really exciting Definitely. um yeah and I think um you can because I, I, I think a lot of the time we kind of think that we have to um make these really huge really intricate and detailed rituals when we do anything and if it's not that then it's then it's not right or you know mm. that kind of thing and we put really unrealistic expectations of ourselves on those things but I think you've tapped onto you know uh, you know made a really good point in that you don't you don't have to <laughs> there can be yeah. like it's just the way that you kind of situate yourself in that space and when you're kind of sitting down that kind of meditative even unintentionally that meditative space that you find yourself in when you are creating um or just like you know mindfully uh, selecting a few things that you might do each time like um <clears throat> excuse me like um drink uh, drinking a specific kind of tea while you create or uh, always having a, a really tall glass of water every time or something like that you know yeah. yeah I really like that idea or even even just little things like when I'm like drawing in my room just like lighting candles and incense um like I think that in and of itself isn't something you typically call a ritual because it's a very small thing to do but it's just kind of a nice thing to do for yourself. 
I guess. Yeah, definitely. Just like little, little things, little magical things. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, what I've been dying to talk to you about is your brand new tarot deck, <laughs> um, as well as everything else. So, um, yeah, tell us a bit about it. It's coming out soon, isn't it? Yeah, it's actually, it came out in late November. Oh, um, what? where am I? Where have I been the last few months? <laughs> oh, don't worry. Don't worry. I think the, the thing that's coming out soon is the issue of ritrology in which there is a little oh yes we're gonna... my tarot deck. i think that's but... <laughs> probably why i was getting confused because my mind is in witchology land and uh... Very, yeah I, I love witchology <laughs> but um yeah it's called the earth mother magic tarot and it's the figures the people in the tarot deck are entirely queer women and non-binary people so it's a land of no men no patriarchy um, it's entirely the setting. It's like this kind of eco-feminist queer utopia where um, like the people are able to live in harmony with nature and they're all friends with like all the other beings of the land. Like every single card has not only humans, but also animals. I think goats and cats are the most commonly featured, but there are also dragons. And there's also a Shahmaran, which is... Um, kind of a Middle Eastern mythical folkloric being. Um, and it has a lot of the imagery very, very much ties into Rider Wade, but a lot of it is also quite different. Um, also, it's there's a big focus on body positivity. So all, all the women have um, hairy legs and hairy armpits because um embodying being feral <laughs> i guess yeah and if um, they were if they're yeah. in a this utopia without you know men they wouldn't even be considered but yeah <laughs> and i think it's just about like through. um making a tarot deck that can um celebrate our experiences as queer people and queer women and can kind of um like i feel like the tarot deck depicts like our world in a way yeah i love that uh, so what kind of i know you sort of said uh loosely based around the kind of rider weight system but are there are there any other like you said there's goats kind of appear a lot is there anything is a reason behind that the symbology of goats or um when i was making the deck i planned out each card based on i mean the basis was the, the the basis for the way the people are positioned or the types of things that are going on in the cards is based on the classical Rider Waite imagery. So for example, the Five of Wands has the five people. The, wait, just before I say this, that is the one where they're fighting, right? I don't know off the top of my head. Okay, well, <laughs> if I'm wrong, that's embarrassing. But it has the people fighting and then the Two of Cups has the two people handing cups to each other that kind of thing follows the same baseline but then um for example like for a card that has an element of like um it's about strength or justice or it's about like um tapping into protection when going into a battle for those kinds of things i might have chosen to add a goat because to me goats symbolize protection or to card cards that are about like community or just like cards that have lesbians in them like things like that um those ones all have cats because i just think cats are the lesbian icon and <laughs> yeah. a lot of the, like ones that symbolize like intuition and dreams and things like that have fish in them so i think 
I did use non-human animals as kind of a form of symbolism or like almost like um what's that word that go that which is used to describe animals yeah like familiar yeah like each card kind of has a familiar I think Mm, I think maybe there are two cards that that only have humans and not other beings yeah but also each of the cards have a lot of plants and the plants also like I chose to include for symbolic reasons so for example the nine of swords which is about like a woman being having kind of like terror and waking up from a nightmare I chose to include like a willow tree in that to kind of balance it out because for me like willow trees are very like calm and soothing um and also a lot of olive trees which is also because I'm from the eastern Mediterranean area which olive trees are like culturally very Mm -hmm. important to me I guess it the, the deck also does have a lot of like kind of cultural references but yeah yeah oh amazing oh so um did you use any um specific medium as you were creating the deck as well did you draw them all out um mm-hmm. individually and use paint and any other the, thing? the medium is a little bit boring unfortunately it is just fine liner illustrations um but the cards themselves are printed in riso which i don't know if you're familiar with but it's like a japanese kind of form of printmaking it is like a digital form of printmaking but it's also it I don't know how to describe it but it's more of a physical process than just like getting it printed so basically each deck is like printed by me by hand and because of that each card also looks very slightly different like the way the ink is printed onto the cards is different so each deck is kind of unique Mm, oh I love that and they're printed onto brown paper as well (laughs) just a little (laughs) fact Oh no, I love that. It's kind of they've each got their own little sort of personality. Then they've each got their own little quirk and imperfection. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love that. Um, so this has been super interesting. Um, a really good discussion. Um, about how we can use I don't know infuse magic into our art practice or spirituality into our art practice. I did have one more thought because I've been since I've been painting a bit more recently. I've been using watercolor. Um, I've been using my tassiomancy cup for dipping my paintbrush in and then at the end like waiting for the water to kind of dry out and then having the like the said the sediment of the paint left mm. in the cup so that I can read it like <laughs> like tea leaves wow um, that's so beautiful that yeah but I've sort of found that's been quite a nice way of um of incorporating that into it so when I've been kind of creating something and then thinking oh like what, what is this telling me what what's coming out of me through this through this process mm. um so I think that's just uh, another little tip for you listeners um of how you might start to um approach any art practice even if you're not you don't consider yourself an artist but there's something just human about drawing and about like I don't know just smearing anything on paper (laughs) (laughs) I created something out of it but yeah so uh, I do have one last question that's completely unrelated to anything Uh, and that's if years down the line there is I don't know let's say we I don't know the utopia that we dream of that is present in your tarot deck <laughs> becomes becomes a thing and there's a movie that's made about it saying oh how did we get here <laughs> and I Shamira is the the heroine of the story <laughs> um who, who would play you in that movie <laughs> it would probably have to be someone I don't know because someone I haven't met because <laughs> <laughs> 
Have you met a lot of celebrities? <laughs> no, that that's a given. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of who who might play a good, um, yeah, good version of you. I'm gonna need to think about this. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting question. It's hard, isn't it? Because it's all sort of like, what, is, <laughs> who do you, do you think would play like... you in that movie? Oh, uh, in that movie. Uh, <laughs> um, see, I don't know because I always say. I feel like I have to say Alison Hannigan because all of the kids I used to teach when I was a teacher used to tell me that I look like her. Um, Ooh, she... I see that. I really yeah, see I, that. I do think it's mostly the hair though, uh, because mm. I it was. I love uh... your hair color, by the way. <laughs> Thank it's you. So it's so witchy. You walk <laughs> your your life as a witch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they all contrasted with the black as well. <laughs> no, I, I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this, yeah, this has been an absolutely fascinating uh, discussion. Thank you very much Thank for you so sharing. Much. Um, your practice with us i'm sorry that i've had a cold so my nose is oh that's totally fine also one thing i will say is that right now i'm really really enjoying offering free online tarot readings to queer women and non-binary people so if you fall into that category and you want a a completely free three card tarot reading with my tarot deck just message me oh that sounds wonderful and i'll I'll put um the link to aisha mira's um like social media accounts and things in the bio so you not bio yeah the description of this episode <laughs> um <Yeah. laughs> go find that and take uh yeah take up that offer that's very generous of you yeah of course um yeah so thank you very much and uh i'm sure we will see you again soon keep an eye out um in the next issue of witchology where we will be interviewing aishamira uh, um, as well which is very exciting so um you can see a little bit more about that tarot deck so thank you thank you so so much bye-bye bye so thank you very much for tuning in again today it has been an absolute pleasure if you like this episode you can enjoy it ad free by becoming a witchology subscriber not only do you get access to this podcast and lots of bonus episodes you will also get a print subscription to our magazine as well as cauldrons full of additional content on our exclusive members area on the website head to www.witchologymagazine.com forward slash subscriptions to find out more until next time goodbye